This edition of Farming the Countryside is brought to you by Pivot BioProven. Get what you paid for, the nitrogen that stays put, whether or not. Learn more at pivotbio.com. Welcome to Farming the Countryside. I'm Andrew McRae. We look at two pieces of technology rapidly changing the face of agriculture. First, it's Michael Ott, the CEO of Rantizo, one of the leaders in agricultural drone technology. And then we visit with Steve Tippery at Realm 5, a company with the mission to allow pieces of technology to talk to one another. And that means all kinds of farms may have new opportunities open to them. It's our topic for this week's Farming the Countryside, and it's brought to you by Pivot Bio Proven. You've heard me share that we're in the second year of our test plots with Pivot BioProven. Pivot BioProven is a biological that adheres to the root of the corn plant and creates a mutually beneficial nitrogen generating partnership that stays strong all the way through harvest. It's a weather resistant and sustainable way to achieve more predictable and productive yields than ever before. We're specifically looking at how Pivot BioProven can replace some of the synthetic nitrogen we normally apply. And that hopefully means less applied nitrogen in the future, saving us money and still supplying the corn the nitrogen it needs. Pivot BioProven may change the way you think about nitrogen. I hope you'll learn more by going to pivotbio.com. Drones continue to become more common on the farm. Some operations are already using them regularly, although from what I've seen, the heaviest use seems to be from companies, co-ops, and other specialty operators who can put the many flying machines to work on a regular basis. On our farm, I run our sprayer, and I've been wondering if the days of operating that big rig are numbered, as a swarm of drones may someday take over. To get the answer to that question and more, I sat down with Michael Ott as we were both in Omaha for a conference that brought together farmers and ag business owners from several Midwestern states. Ott is the CEO of Rantizo, one of the earliest and largest drone companies in the agricultural space. I asked him about the present and future of drone use, what we can expect next, and how we can perhaps look at employing that technology into what we do. Many people have heard of Rantizo, but perhaps some have not. So let's just start there. Talk about Rantizo, when it started, and what you do. Yeah, I started about three years ago. I'm the CEO. Rantizo is a drone spraying company based in Iowa City. Uh, we're selling a turnkey service to ag retailers so they can have everything that they need for safe and legal drone application. So the drone hardware, software, insurance, support, training, workflows, a trailer, everything that you need to be able to safe and legally uh, use a drone to spray in your field. Was your background already in this? Were you a person that was out on the farm and saw, hey, we have a need for this technology to do a lot of these types of things? I'm a precision ag guy. Uh, Before this, I was doing corporate venture capital and invented a way to put a little bit of nitrogen on a rice seed and got to thinking, for for various reasons, it worked in rice in India only. I was like, well, how could we take this concept and do it broadly? And saw that drones were becoming more reliable, bigger, more effective, and thought, well, this is a way to actually deliver things anywhere I need to go with anything that we need. I think all of us in agriculture hear about drones. Some of us are using them some, sometimes just to take neat pictures. And you have referenced this, you know, you don't want something just to do something neat. You need it to do something, hopefully, that has a return on investment. So where are we at now? Are we at the point where we're seeing the return on investment? Or are we still at just kind of the neat gadget stage? Where are we at in the process? We like to say this is a tool, not a toy. 
you're making money. Uh, you'll get your drone swarm paid off in about 64 days of spraying. So most things are paid off within the first year of operations. Uh, if you're busy using our marketing plan, uh, taking everything that we're giving you, your drone should be paid for easily in the first year, which not many uh, pieces of agricultural equipment get paid off that fast. So that's a, that's a good thing that we're, we're promoting. And we've seen a rapid, rapid uptick in sales and usage. So when you say that it could be as short as a couple of months return on investment, who are the folks doing that? Is it mostly ag retailers then that are working at Rantizo that would have lots of acres to spray and be able to turn that then that quickly? Absolutely. So people that have a book of spraying business, you're an ag retailer with 80,000 acres, 150,000 acres, whatever that total number is. You've got a whole fleet of tractors. Maybe you call in planes. We're a service that can add on to what you're doing. So our drones will spray your awkward acres and make your existing ground rigs more efficient because you're running back and forth on the big flat rectangles. You're doing that really well. You slow down on the triangles. You slow down on the hills. Those probably problematic areas where your your time is not as well utilized, that's where the drone should go. So use the tractors where it's big and flat. We'll get into those awkward acres and make it the whole system more efficient. I know that you do more than spraying, but let's talk about the spraying for just a moment. Is it right now at the point where it's just for those awkward ac- acres that we're using the drones? And at what point do we get to the point where we say, well, we don't need ground rigs anymore. We go to drones. Or is that in the future at some point. Where do you see us going? Yeah, so right now our economics are best in subfield application. So if less than 70% of the field needs it, a drone is a vastly better choice. If more than that, a tractor is probably a better choice. It's dry and flat. You can get in there with a tractor to cover the whole thing. That'll be a better choice. If it's a problem spot, we're a much better option. Uh, We're swarming now so we can fly three at a time. We're coming out with bigger units, more units. In the next two to three years, we're going to be really cost competitive in terms of a per acre uh, rate to treat the whole field. So that's where you'll start to see that changeover happening. Right now, we're super complimentary. Love working with people that have existing business. And we can really ramp up what what they can do. So what part of this business then is having those that are herbicide providers and so forth be able to have the products that will work well with drones because you can't carry a 600 gallon tank under these these drones like we could on a a ground rig. Sure so we're spraying everything at an aerial rate usually two to five gallons per acre that's great for fungicides many herbicides have those rates insecticides etc so we're going out at those you know on label rates and what we're doing now so like at the end of the season you'll have some weed escapes you'll have pigweed burr cucumber Uh, whatever bindweed and whatever geography uh, it's going to change we can go treat those end of season things that are going to hurt your yield that's going to stop your combine in the field all those things we can fly in and treat those end of july early september that's not really an option when you have a ground rig that's going to cause a bunch of damage going through the field on august 20th when it's going through Uh, we can fly through with no damage at all spray just where it's needed and treat those spot problems very efficiently at the end of the year you mentioned swarming earlier i know at one point it was a problem that you had to have an operator for each one of those has that changed where are we at as far as being able to swarm several and in, in, in since flying formation to do more t- at a time so rantizo is the only company that's legally swarming so we can fly three drones at once with one pilot we have a visual observer there who's doing a lot of reloading uh, so that's a thing that we're going beyond that one-to-one ratio i've heard of another company claiming they're swarming with two drones and two pilots. 
I could do eight drones and eight pilots or 40 drones and 40 pilots. That's not a swarm. <laughs> swarm is when you're flying more than a one-to-one -one ratio. And we're doing that nationwide with no buffer in the field. I can go all the way up to the edge of the field, and that's a unique thing to Rantizo. With your business model, you're mostly going to ag retailers. So how does that work then? They would contract with you, but is there a learning curve? And they're going to have to have people, obviously, that can have the know-how to be able to operate the drones. Yeah, we're actually seeing a pull from ag retailers. Nobody wants to get a job driving through a field spraying. That's one of the least desirable jobs. Everybody loves to fly drones. It's a cool thing. So this is actually something that's bringing people in. So they'll come to our office in Iowa City. We'll sell them the drones. We'll train them. It'll take about two days to show them everything that they need to uh, safely and legally apply. And we've got the whole workflow solved. We've flown over 35,000 flights. So we've got uh, a lot of experience doing this. And we've you know, learned some lessons along the way. We've done not the best thing, and then kept improving from there. It's just how you, how you, you grow a company. Uh, and then just keep, keep learning from there. And we're, we're happy to share that knowledge with our contractors. We've talked mostly about spraying, but as a percentage of what those drones may do, is spraying by far the, the applications used most? Cover crops is one that we saw here. What other things are you able to do now that's an application that people are using? Yeah, so fungicide is our biggest application opportunity. Uh, our network was at capacity in July. We literally couldn't do any more jobs, and which shows that we need more contractors and we need more people out there doing business because we had more jobs than we could get to. Uh, fun fact that I like to share, uh, there's 744 hours in the month of July, 31 days times 24 hours is 744. We flew for 900 hours in July, so more than the number of hours in the month we flew for. So that's when you have multiple drones in the air at a time, you can get greater than a one-to-one -one ratio. So we're expanding very rapidly in fungicide. Next, we're getting into cover crop seeding applications. So that'll be the August, September, October applications that we can actually get those seeds in and working, you know, get them started before harvest so they can get... Uh, some germinated and get get moving uh, before any other invasive species come in. With the cover crops now, is that a full field application as opposed to just spots uh, that you're able to do, or does it just take too much to be able to just cover a whole field with cover crops? Yeah, so there's multiple NRCS mixes that are, that are 10 to 25 pounds per acre that we do fantastic on a full field application. So we can do that. We can also do those heavier, like a, a bushel of rye or something. We'll probably do that like around a stream that's very curvy, like a really complicated thing. That's an easy setup for us. So like the harder it is around a, a wetland, marshy area, we can fly in and do that, do that really well. We'll also do some marshes applications. Uh, there's invasive weeds that grow through marshes. There's no way to treat them with the ground rig. A plane can't come in and spot apply them. So we do great work for DNRs uh, all across the country, spraying uh, Phragmites, other invasive weeds, other, other problems like that. So take me into the future here a little bit. What should farmers expect to see over the next two to five years then? We're going to continue to see more technology and more drones, but how do you see that actively engaging and touching farmers' operations uh, really all over the country? We're going to get more digital. So you've seen all these different uh, input providers, imagery providers, uh, data application uh, that's kind of interesting right now. People are gathering all this knowledge, and then they just go spray the whole damn field. So they took all this information in and didn't really do anything with it. 
we have a way to actually execute upon that. So when I say, all right, the northeast corner has insects, we'll go spray insecticide. Southwest corner needs fertilizer, we'll go drop that fertilizer. Not treat the whole field uniformly because I don't know any fields that are uniform. Maybe you do, but there, there may be one or two out there, but I don't think so. So we can treat them much more and in a much more optimal way by breaking them up into smaller units and then just discreetly going out there. So that's, that's where I think the future will be. It's not a 40-acre field. It's a bunch of smaller units that are in one 40-acre block. That's uh, the differentiation. Is there any way you suggest for farmers and ranchers to be able to stay up with that technology? I think we'd like to be aware, and maybe it's not the right time for us to pull the trigger yet, or maybe it is, but how do we stay aware and know what's out there so we can take advantage of that technology? You can follow us on Twitter, at Rantizo Sprays. we got a lot of great content coming out. When our applicators are doing things, when we're doing demo days, uh, partners that we're working with that are doing interesting things, we love to share that information and just get the conversation going. Like, there's a ton of things that this works really well for. There's certain things that it isn't, and I'd like to learn about that. Like, okay, maybe we're not best for, you know, a, a herbicide application in wheat at the beginning of the year. Okay, what do we need to do to get better for that? That's the type of thing that I always like to stimulate those conversations, and this conference has been great for that. I enjoyed hearing from Michael and getting the take from Rantizo CEO on how fast drone technology is developing and how they're continuing to grow the market for those machines. In the second half of this show, we take a look at how pieces of technology can better talk to one another, so to speak. Steve Tippery is co-founder and CEO of Realm 5. I'll let him introduce the company in a moment, but as you'll hear, he saw a challenge on many farms where technology made by different manufacturers could not work with other manufacturers' pieces. Finding a way for those devices to communicate would open a lot of doors. Here's our conversation. So some people may not have heard of Realm 5, so take me back to the evolution of the company. Well, so basically, uh, my co-founder, Brant Berkey, and I have been in the industry for 20-plus years uh, and basically took a lot of our experience in doing other things related to our business today and uh, said that we need to solve the problem of connectivity and, and data collection in and around the farm. So what were some of the challenges that you were seeing? I think all of us as farmers, we collect this data, but we, sometimes we don't know how to, what to do with it. So what were the challenges that you were trying to solve or the problems you're trying to solve? Well, I think the base root problem is that nothing talks to anything else. And everybody we talk to is frustrated with that. So we're really trying to solve this problem of making things talk to each other in a, in a way that is independent of brand, independent of type of things that we want to connect. So in the past, for example, a livestock building wouldn't talk to the center pivot or the center pivot wouldn't talk to the grain leg and things like that. So we're really trying to take these things that have never talked together because of various reasons and get them all to connect for the purpose of being able to see your operation in one place and therefore making better decisions. So we can talk about those, those things talking to one another. Give me an example of a challenge that farmers come to you with and said, okay, this is not working. What's the solution and how can you help them overcome it then? Yeah, so I would say that there are a number of problems in and around the farm related to connecting data. One of them is getting data out of cornfields. So cornfields are typically one of the most difficult conditions for moving wireless data. And so we have some pretty cool technology that we've developed that makes that a lot better than in the past. Another example is uh, moving data in and around a, a livestock building. Same kind of things. Typically, the, the steel in the building have 
caused limitations in the past for moving wireless data. And so we've kind of solved some of these problems relating to getting the data moved. Now we can start to do something with it when you get the data to a place where uh, it's in the cloud. So talk about what you can do with that, because I think some of us, you mentioned like getting the data out of a cornfield. A lot of us are familiar with, okay, I have a yield monitor and it's recording things, and later on I use the data. So what can I do if I got it real time and you're helping me move that data out of the cornfield in real time? What things am I not doing today that I could be doing thanks to Realm 5? So we have seen some very interesting relationships between data from discrepant places, different types of sensors that maybe have not been available in the same place before. So an example of that, I'll, I'll, one, one that comes to mind is in a livestock barn. So if I know consumption patterns of feed, and I know water, and I know the air, I can start to make remote decisions based upon that by these simple relationships. But if I didn't have that data in one place, I would never know. So based on that, then, do you provide a platform then that I'm going to be able to collect that and then make decisions off of it? Is that part of what you do? Yeah. So we have a, a, a data platform called Realm 5 View that allows customers to see their data geospatially. We have different application modules that can be turned on, for example, inventory or irrigation or barn view, those types of things that you can see more specific data in a more consumable manner for that application. I think all of us are sometimes confronted with just being able to have the wireless ability to transfer that. So how are you overcoming that? Or do you need that? Do you, are you satellite or how are you being able to transfer uh, that data? Yeah, so we have some uh, wireless technologies that we've developed that basically are kind of like Google Home, if you want to think about it in terms of consumer products where, hey, it's just plug and play. So I can add this technology, which it's very complicated in the background how it works, but from the user's perspective, you just plug it into the solar panel, it boots up, and it just starts working. And so we have a number of different technologies that we use that, honestly, the customer shouldn't have to care about how it works. It's more like, does it work? And is it really reliable? And is it cost effective? Does it have a return on investment? I'm guessing people are finding the return on investment. Uh, all of us kind of like new toys sometimes, but eventually they come down to that. I'm guessing those solutions are making a difference. Yeah, so we have built a number of ROI calculators, and so we uh, can plug in numbers from different types of applications and uh, different uh, use cases. And the, the thing that's been very interesting to me is how often it is that uh, a customer wants to look at it for their own operation, and they're like, well, I, you know, it, it won't work for my operation, but you plug their numbers in, and it's still around a one-year payback or less in a lot of cases. Do you find it's more crops, more livestock, other businesses? Where are the applications being used the most these days? Uh, so we sell products in really five categories. So we, uh, we're active in agronomy, irrigation applications, livestock, uh, primarily swine and dairy at this point, um, inventory, and then uh, logistics. We're kind of getting into more tying all of these things together. Do you find that you know, there's, there's the technology out there, but there was just nobody willing to help make things talk? Was it because people are somewhat thinking in silos? It's proprietary? Is that what you have to overcome mostly? Yeah, I mean, if, you, if you're thinking about it, if you're a big company and, uh, you know, you're really trying to provide a solution, you, you know, and I won't get into any of the brands, sure. but the, those types of, of groups maybe don't have a lot of reason to make their products talk to other, sure. other competitor products. And so I think we're kind of in that neutral position where 
uh, we're trying to make uh, solve problems for our customers, and one of their problems is getting things to talk together. So where are we headed? Because all of us want to stay up, I think, with the times. So help us look down the road. What should we as farmers and ranchers be thinking about when it comes to technology and data and where we are moving and how we stay up with those times? Well, in almost every conversation we have, whether it's ag retail, banking, livestock, etc., everybody's struggling with labor most. And so I think we are trying to bring more solutions to market to address not only the labor shortages, but also things that people are going to have to deal more with over time, like regulation and sustainability and all the, the things that people really don't want to talk about. But it's, it's coming, and, it's, um, and data can help to solve those problems. Yeah. You mentioned the labor there. Do you think that this just helps replace labor, or does it just help utilize labor better, or both? Well, okay, so, so I'm a farm boy growing up, right? There are jobs on a farm that people shouldn't have to do anymore. Is that fair? Such as? <laughs> so, I mean, I've done a lot of things like power washing, for example. Like, who really wants to power wash a hog barn? Like, I've done that a lot in my career. I'd prefer not to do that anymore. Uh, you know, there's, there's various things like that on the farm. And I think a lot of those things are going to get automated. So we're taking away the busy work. We're taking away the jobs that just aren't really enjoyable. And we're going to focus the, the brain power of the farmers on the more value-add jobs. Where is Realm 5 headed next then? Is it uh, automation of power washing? <laughs> I'm sure you've got bigger ideas than this, but uh, what types of things do you see down the road? Yeah, so we have some, some automation technologies that we're pursuing, and it'll, they'll come to market eventually um, to try to eliminate some of these, these wasted activities that people are having to do right now. Uh, but the, the key to those solutions working is that we have first have to collect the data from a lot of different types of things and, and boil that into solutions for uh, recommendations. And so I think a, a lot of the things that we're working on right now are software that can then enable the automation things that, that can take these busy jobs away. You mentioned a lot of what you do is, is plug and play, but I'm curious, you know, we hear so much about rural broadband and internet access and so forth. Does that play into what you have to do at all, or can you overcome those things? How, rural broadband, we're told, is a big deal. I think it is. I'd love to have faster internet. How big of an issue is that for some of the work that you're doing out there? Yeah, so I think we, we sometimes confuse the, the rural broadband and, you know, high-speed internet that people legitimately want for their home and should have for their home with, I want my cattle tank to talk to the internet, right? We don't need high-speed internet for some of these basic applications in agriculture. And that's where I think Realm 5 is well-positioned. We, you know, we're sending little packets of data pretty long distances wirelessly. We don't need fiber for that. We don't need uh, robot broadband for that. The, the solutions that we have in the market right now already work. Um, and so I think we don't have to have fiber to every field. We don't need to have... Um, internet to every location. Some of these solutions that are already in the market that are commercial already solve some of these problems. I think producers are confronted with a lot of technology options for them. Any way that you would tell them to try to step through looking at those and processing which ones are right for me? Because I think there are a lot of options. How do we determine what we need? Yeah, I would say that um, in the end, the, the, the technology needs to pay for itself. And I, in fact, yesterday I had this conversation with somebody on the East Coast, and it, and it kind of annoyed me, actually, because they were talking about farmers not being early adopters, and I just kind of had to stop them. Like, guys, you know, it, it's, not, it's completely not true. Like, farmers are very early adopters when it is clear that a technology pays for itself. 
And there are lots of examples of that. And, and you know, farmers are very good business people, right? They know when things make sense. They know when things don't make sense. And they're going to pick the ones that make sense. And I think that's, that's how you should pick the solutions that you choose. Or you want to be backed by a company that's going to be around for a while. You're going to, you want to be backed by a company that is going to have good customer service. You're, you know, all of these things that are important, just like when you go to Best Buy and you buy a computer, you want the same kind of things, right? You want something that's going to work, reliable, good customer service, et cetera. And I think those are some of the things that maybe not all companies are equal on right now. How do people find you and find what you're up to? Yeah, so we're, we're basically in Lincoln, Nebraska. Uh, we have distributors around the country. We're selling internationally now. Um, and so we have a number of partners that, uh, that are distributors of our products. Um, but in, I'd say we're, we're doing more and more enterprise-level solutions uh, as time goes on. Rantizo and Realm 5 are certainly a couple of companies to watch, tech companies that continue to use and develop technology for agricultural solutions. As always, thank you for joining us either on your radio station or on the Farming the Countryside podcast. And remember, you can follow the show on Facebook as well. I'm Andrew McRae. Thanks for listening. I'll catch you next time on Farming the Countryside. Farming the Countryside has been brought to you by Pivot BioProven. Get what you paid for, the nitrogen that stays put, whether or not. Learn more at pivotbio.com.